Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of your Brains Coach Podcast. My name is Angela Sharina. I'm your host, I'm your Brains Coach, and it is my job here to bring to you all the brain body tools you can use to feel, look, and do your absolute best. Folks, every single decision that we make that affects our life, that affects our work, it all comes from our brain. It's kind of like orchestrated by our brain, but that brain what is really fascinating is affected by our environment, what our body senses and, and perceives. And our brain gathers all this information from all the sensory organs in our body and gathers information about what's happening in our body. And then based on that, it gives us the final decision whether we should pursue something or avoid something in simple terms, right? And that's why you want to understand to make the best decisions and to create the kind of life that will support your long-term development in the desired way. You really got to understand what is it that influences brain's decisions on a regular basis. And today we're going to be talking about, yes, why you decide to, for example, eat healthy, but then you end up very often overeating and not the right things, right? There is nothing um, unhealthy if you overeat um, fruit and vegetables. Usually you're not going to be overeating till unhealthy state that just not going to happen. But besides that, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this interesting fact that why is that? Very often we have our best intentions and plans and goals, but we end up in the long term very often sabotaging those things that we want, that we understand are going to be great in our life. Like, why is that? And today you're going to get the explanation and a couple of tools that will help you to, to change that. Science-based neuroscience-based tools that will help you to finally get much better at doing what you think is right for you. And there are plenty of people who mastered that skill. And usually those people are the kind of people who end up having the life experience that they want. And you can become one of those people and you can improve your skill of doing what you believe is right for you short and long-term. So Yesterday, um, actually, I started to listen to that um, a couple of days ago. I was listening to Andrew Huberman, as always, uh, world's famous uh, neuroscientist from Stanford, who is super passionate about science and biology, but also about sharing that with people to help people improve their lives. And I was listening to Andrew Huberman, and he was sharing quite a bit of his personal story on Peter Atier, um, Peter Atier's podcast. It's called The Drive. So amazing science-based podcast if you are on a geeky side. So that's definitely the podcast for you. And if you want to understand your biology and a little bit better the landscape of our modern medicine uh, without, you know, hype or um, some tribal thinking, that's definitely your podcast. And so Anna Huberman and Peter Atia, they were talking about a lot of things brain-related, you know, a lot of things, how our sensors work, work and how sensors in other animals work, a lot of fascinating information. But one um, of the very fascinating piece of information that I kind of was aware of, but I didn't know it, if it was science-based, if other 
scientists are aware of that, if there were, was research or not. And now I get my confirmation that indeed, uh, this is how our brain works. So what am I talking about? Well, Andrew shared this fact that we have this, you know, prefrontal cortex there with all these different parts. Um, forgive me if I'm not going to, uh, you know, tell the exact names of all the brain parts, not my specialty. But what you want to understand is behind your forehead, you have the youngest part of your brain, the logical brain, the most sophisticated part of your brain. That is, uh, although, you know, there are also other parts of the brain uh, involved, but this is your main part for logical thinking, long-term thinking, and making decisions based on what you want long-term instead of being driven by your impulses, emotions, instincts that are mostly concentrated in other more ancient parts of the brain that we inherited from other mammals and other animals and or living organisms. So this logical part is the one that makes decisions and can override a lot of uh, those, you know, impulses and emotional decisions that come from our more ancient parts of the brain, our instinctual brain, you know, parts of the brain and emotional parts of the brain that are not driven that much by logic and long-term, right? So this prefrontal cortex, it can and will make decisions and will help you to act on them. But there is a caveat only when it is not under conditions of stress. So the flow of decision-making, who is the orchestra conductor, depends on how stressed you are. So if you are in a normal state, not really stressed, not under any condition of distress, uh, and you've you know, normal life, regular situation, you are managing your stressors well, most of the time you're calm, alert, um, feeling clear, right, and confident. So when you're in that state and you are focused, you're not distracted, or you have enough working memory to make appropriate decisions, you have enough <clears throat> brain power to evaluate different options. So when you are in that condition, your prefrontal cortex makes the decisions. So that's when you are able to stick with your diet, <clears throat> stick with your healthy eating resolutions, stick with your exercise program. That's when you make your long-term plans to um, sleep well, you know, to lead a healthy lifestyle, to uh, do some studying in your free time instead of Netflix, to say no to maybe parties and booze uh, so much and instead dedicate yourself to have some hobby or maybe some part of your business or some additional studies, right? That's in that state, your prefrontal cortex makes the decision and helps you to um, act on those decisions. But in our society, most of the people, most of you folks haven't learned and haven't practiced, that's the most important aspect, uh, stress management techniques that allow you, when under condition of daily stressors, to still stay calm and be able to think clearly and manage <clears throat> that mental and emotional overwhelm. So you might be stressed, but then you come back to this little, little relaxed, uh, alert and calm state very, you know, fast and you don't stay chronically stressed as most of the people in today's world 
do stay chronically stressed. You don't manage stress. And even though you might not be thinking, well, I'm that, <clears throat> I'm that stressed, but your body, because you aren't managing that stress, your body and your brain, they are in a state of tension and stress. And if you're often feeling like you're fatigued, almost burnout, very cynical about life, not really wanting to do a lot of things and dreaming on vacation, feeling overloaded, like you're not on top of things in your life, like there are too many things to take care of, and you're kind of a little bit edgy and anxious, right? If you're in that state, most of the time, your prefrontal cortex is not making decisions anymore. And what they learned in research, and that which Andrew Huberman shared, is the flow of decision-making, like almost literally the signaling starts the conductor of the orchestra becomes your emotional and instinctual brain. And those parts of your brain concerned only with survival. And what is survival? Eating a lot of food, eating as many calories as possible, you know, staying put, not uh, doing anything new, not trying dangerous, quote-unquote, things, not experimenting, surviving, storing, saving energy, uh, not, uh, you know, exposing yourself to new people, new ideas that possibly will make you get, get out there and spend more energy in a state of stress. Your instinctual, emotional brains take over, and they're mostly concerned with your survival. So what Andrew Huberman actually shared is that, again, a relaxed, calm brain, the conductor of that orchestra of every of every decision making process goes from your prefrontal cortex, that logical part of the brain. When you're under conditions of stressed, unmanaged stress, overwhelm, anxieties, um, etc., etc., so the decision making pro- process starts going reverse, and now your emotional and your instinctual parts of the brain take over and they run your prefrontal cortex, not the other way around. And that's when the urges for uh, certain foods or certain behaviors, when procrastination and watching Netflix become much more um, attractive, uh, even though logically with your goals, with your ambitions, with your aspirations, that does not make any sense to engage in that behavior. But because your logical brain isn't making the decisions at that moment, because of that, now you're going along with your emotions, with your instincts, and though, again, are just concerned with your immediate survival that has nothing to do with your long-term goals. So now that you understand, folks, a little bit how the biology works, I'm not saying I understand, you know, every single uh, aspect of it, nor do modern neuroscientists actually, but what they showed in research is that the flow of information, the signaling of neurons, etc. So that flow literally is reversed when you are in the conditions of stress, overwhelm, anxiety. And that's why a lot of people, you folks, might be struggling with procrastination or unable to maintain healthy habits. That's because actually the reason, the core reason is you're not managing the load, the stress that you are experiencing in life. And they're actually really fast and easy tools for you to apply, to start doing that will help you to 
manage that stress much better and will help you to engage your prefrontal cortex much more often. And that's when you start making your logic-driven decisions, uh, your long-term decisions. So for me personally, um, my story, how I stopped emotional eating. Um, at some point in my life, for quite a few years, I used food as a way to manage my emotions. Any time when the distress would happen, and I wasn't aware of the fact, any time I wasn't managing uh, different stressful and emotional situations in my life, I would start eating, you know, sweets, all kinds of foods, um, and then, you know, I maybe a day, a couple of days, and I would get back to uh, my healthy habits, exercise, etc. That's why it never became, you know, a, a problem. But I realized the problem was I wasn't addressing those. Um, friction points, those, you know, emotionally charged situations and my stressors in life. And I wasn't moving in different parts of my life. Uh, and so I had to figure out how to manage my emotions and figure out my life without food. And so I took this challenge a year with no um, behaviors that will, uh, you know, manage emotions. I would have to actually learn how to manage emotions and uh, move my life forward. So it took a year and I incorporated a lot of tools that I learned um, through coaching certifications. And then I also learned a lot of tools that were available on stress management, specifically breath work. And that ultimately changed my game. And now I cannot think that any of my decisions are driven by emotions or instincts. Something really extraordinary has to happen to put me into that state. That is, of course, is possible for everyone still. So to cut the long story short, what helped me to deal with emotional eating is stress management techniques, specifically breath work. And all of the neuroscience research confirms that breath work is the most powerful way to really fast adjust our stress state in our body and our brain. And those breath work is super easy. The word is too complicated and loaded. But for example, um, exhale focused breathing. When you breathe in for the count of four, let's say, and then you breathe out for the count of eight. The whole idea is breathing out should be twice long or as long as possible. There's also box breathing. When you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. That's supposed to balance out a lot of processes in the body and your neurotransmitters and your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, basically flight or fight and rest and digest um, systems. And breath work done, for example, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling um, extra, you know, stressed on edge and intense, done then, or breath work done five minutes a day, that really changes the way your, um, your system works and the stress load that your body and your brain experience on a daily basis. And that helps you to keep your prefrontal cortex online more time than it would be online otherwise. And with time, I promise you folks, if you start practicing your breath work daily from now on, after a short while, even after months of consistent work, and it's like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes a day. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, what I would do when I start feeling emotionally charged and I would want to reach out for food, I would do six cycles of the of that exhaled focused breath work. And that all it would take to make me feel different and the urge for food would disappear. Because again, once 
you start managing your stress load, not through substances or behaviors that didn't work for you. Once you lower that stress load, your logical brain comes online and you think about the situation, you understand that you're in control, you understand that there is nothing, you know, endangering your survival is happening and your logical brain starts making decisions and you're not engaging again with the behaviors that don't really make any sense long term. And you are more in control of your instincts and your emotions. And that all what matters and how it happens and why also in research and in studies, um, they showed that people who meditate, who do yoga, who do all kinds of mindfulness practices, those are the people who maintain their healthy habits, their weight, their fitness longer on whatever weight loss program they were um, engaged with, for example. So that really works. And the reason why it works, it helps you get your prefrontal cortex to be online more. And the reason why it happens is because you are no longer under a condition of chronic stress all the time. You're actually lowering your stress load with that breath work, for example. Um, also, obviously, going in nature and spending time there really decreases your stress load a lot, even more short walk outside with some greenery helps with that a lot. It's also proven powerful way that in some countries like Japan, they even prescribe uh, nature as a way to manage stress and treat things like anxiety, depression, etc. Right. So breath work, it's very immediate. It's available everywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. Uh, nature as much as you can. And then of course, sleep. If you're chronically underslept, that will increase your the amount of stress you experience daily. So uh, sleep daily, yes, for sure. Regular schedule on uh, regular schedule, eight uh, hours of sleep, um, no substances before you sleep that can compromise that sleep quality, no heavy food before going to bed, right? All of that works. Light environment, no bright light a couple of hours before bed. So all of that matters. And then breath work, do it uh, right when you feel stressed or you feel like there is just a lot of load that you're not managing. So do six breath cycles right then and there and do five minutes of breath work, um, whatever it works for you. Um, exhale focus or box breathing or um, even better, say physiological sigh that actually proven to be the most effective stress reducing uh, breathing technique. Just, you know, Google it, YouTube it, uh, physiological sigh that Andrew Huberman's work popularized. Um, so that use that and um, you'll be able to keep your, again, uh, prefrontal cortex, your logical part of the brain online, and you're going to be able uh, to make decisions that are more driven by long-term, not by your survival and instincts and emotions. And that's it, folks. I hope you found this podcast um, insightful, prolific maybe even, and definitely useful. And don't forget that everything that you learned here today on the podcast, it only works when you work it. Um, basically, when you do it, it works. If you don't and you just think about it, 
it's not going to work. And you have to do it consistently. Figure out when, you know, five-minute breath work fits into your life, maybe before lunch. That is amazing time because it also helps with your digestion and to reduce any sorts of digestive disturbances and helps you to absorb nutrients, etc. because you're getting into that rest and digest state, right? So do that breath work uh, whenever you feel tense, stress, six um, cycles of exhale-focused breath work or physiological sigh. Don't forget, folks, to share this podcast if you found it useful and want more people to be in a logic-driven, emotionally balanced uh, state, especially if you have friends and family who might be going through challenging times, right? So share this podcast episode with them. Um, It would be uh, an amazing favor for me. I'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, Thank you, folks, for your attention, for learning. If you have any questions, reach out. Until next time, stay Come, breathe.